All right, day 285. Welcome back to the Windows Minutes Podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so once again, we are in the last uh, kind of section of the book of Romans. And uh, many have said, like, this is where Paul gets really, really practical. Now, not to say that he is not still theological because he's Paul, uh, uh, come on, for God's sakes, but we have this dense and deep theology that is given in chapters one through 11, right? Where Paul is just going in and explaining and expounding the gospel in its fullest, most robust sense. And in 12 through 16, uh, we started a little bit last time, it is more uh, application driven, right? Like everything he taught on early in the letter uh, has a practical application to be worked out in our day-to-day lives. I think this is missed by many of us, right? Many of us think that Christianity is about subscribing to a uh, body of beliefs. Now, while it is not less than that, it is so, 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 so much more. This thing must work itself out in the way we live before God and the way we commune with God and the way we become like God and therefore we uh, love people uh, in the world as God has called us to. Um, and so basically, Paul starts off in Romans 13 and he says this, let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So Paul is going to go into the civic duties of Christians here as he talks about Christian ethics here. He flat out says submit to the government, which means obey now this is interesting because a question that many of us uh may be thinking as we read texts like this especially as um if you're if you're a minority like myself um you would ask like what do we do when those who are tasked with governing us use that power to harm us right and 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 i had to think about this because even in the first century right like being a christian was much more dangerous than it is actually now Right. And so I, I think this would have been really difficult uh, tension for these Christians to sit in as they read this letter in the churches. Now, the interesting thing is, is that one, this text is not uh, has been debated. Right. It's, it's been deba- debated and argued uh, about how it is meant to be applied and and uh, in, in what way it is meant to be obeyed. Um, because if you think about it, all throughout the scriptures, God has commanded his people to disobey <laughs> uh, governing leaders and authorities in certain situations. I'm thinking of Exodus chapter one. I'm thinking of Daniel chapter three. I'm thinking of Acts chapter five. And what's, 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 um, what's good here is that, uh, you know, Esau Macaulay, who is a New Testament scholar, brilliant uh, thinker, writer, um, in his book, uh, Reading While Black, uh, really good book. I recommend it if you haven't read it. He does some really good work on this passage and on this section and mentions that essentially this one passage is not all the scripture says <laughs> or even the book of Romans uh, has to say on, on on government and authority and he speaks uh, of the way Paul quotes Exodus 9 uh, in Romans 9 and, and in that instance so he looks at the wider context of Romans and he speaks of the way God removes authorities listen through human agents showing that prohibition against resistance is, isn't absolute right so in other words to state it another way he's saying that um there are moments where God does, uh, by his uh, power and authority, call us to uh, rebel his law uh, because it doesn't uh, square away um, or, or, or rebel, um, excuse me, uh, govern, governing laws because it doesn't uh, square away with his law. As, as St. Augustine has said, uh, an unjust law is no law at all. And so uh, this should be read uh, in, in, in lieu of the sovereignty of God and human discernment. Right. He talks about how we can uh, discern, uh, discern one resist and condemn evil even though we don't have uh, the market cornered on divine methods right and timing of such ordeals right and so the rest of the chapter uh paul is going to speak of this ethic of love uh generally and in light of what he says earlier he's like no no like 
at the end of the day, like this gospel I'm, I'm, I'm giving you, uh, it, 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 it permeates all of life, right? And even in light of uh, what, what God has called you to, the main thing he's called you to is that of love, right? In whatever way it may work itself out in your day-to-day -day life, he's calling you to love your neighbors as yourselves, right? He will quote the Ten Commandments. Remember for Paul, everything is rooted in scripture, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. The very things you would do for yourselves, uh, you ought to do for other people, right? This is usually glossed over, but uh, when you really think about it, right, this is something that we can always uh, be people uh, that, are, that are growing in this particular area of our lives. Romans 14, welcome anyone who's weak in faith, but don't argue about disputed matters. One person believes he may eat anything while one who is weak eats only vegetables. One person, verse five, judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Here we have Paul again talking about the strong and the weak. He loves to talk about the strong and the weak and different uh, people are on uh, um, um, in different spaces in their Christian life, um, um, different areas along the road and, and, the, and along the journey. And we have to remember this. And we have to remember as well that the early church context and climate that this passage was actually received in, right? There were Jewish Christians who still believed that it was good for them to keep certain dietary laws, keep the whole Sabbath, uh, uh, keep, the, keep all the laws of, of the Torah, the calendar, um, all these things. And Paul is saying these things are disputable matters, specifically, specifically these things. <clears throat> and, and if someone wants to keep uh, Old Testament testament uh, dietary laws not eat bacon and all that let them knock let them knock themselves out right i ain't doing that but he like yo nah he said that but um he says they're free to right and paul would just go on to say don't look down on those who do but also don't look down on those who don't right and i think we get in trouble today because we want to make things in scripture that are clear disputable <laughs> and things that aren't clear indisputable right and so um it's interesting that, that Paul is like, hey, there are certain things that call for discernment and wisdom, right? Part of uh, morality, and I said this before, um, Paul gets at this in 1 uh, Corinthians, part of morality in the Christian life is not to just think, should I, should I do something or not do something based on if it is right or if it is wrong? But based on, we should say, hey, should I do this or not do this based on how it affects the people around me, right? How does it possibly create a stumbling block? for those around me, those for whom Christ died. Romans 15, Paul mentions in the closing of his letter that he has been on the ground. He has been, he has preached all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum, which is modern day Albania. And it's all because of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and his aim uh, uh, for the gospel should be ours as well to preach the gospel and to, and to plant churches and to be uh, lights in dark places and to be uh, the salt and light of the earth. Uh, and wherever we are in the name of Christ, right? Wherever his name has not, been heard and i love what he says he says whenever i travel to spain for i hope to see you when i pass through <laughs> and to be assisted by you remember i said uh, at the beginning uh, many believe that the reason he's laying out this gospel so elegantly is because he they he want they support right he wants them to donate to the fund you dig what i'm saying so he can keep taking that gospel around he says um when i pass through uh for i hope to see you when i pass through and to be assisted by you for my journey there once i have first enjoyed your company for a while Right. He, he mentions the desire for the help and assistance because he wants to take the gospel uh, as far as he can around the known world. And we actually know that Paul did make it all the way uh, to Rome and preach the gospel there. Romans 16, last chapter. Um, at the end, he commends the sister in the Lord, Phoebe, who actually was uh, one who would deliver this letter to these Christians. And many uh, scholars even argue that she would possibly even teach it and explain it. Whole another podcast. Um, but he greets so many folks he knows there. And he says, the God of peace 
I love this verse 20. He says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. After giving small but real exhortations, he finishes with the idea, hear this, that Satan's head will be crushed, listen, under our feet. And it's so good because remember, um, if you listen to uh, obviously the Genesis episode, which is a really long time ago, um, you know that the seed of the woman was promised and that the seed of the woman uh, will crush the head of the serpent. Now, the serpent is Satan. We know that from Revelation. Um, but what's interesting is that many scholars debate whether this seed is singular or is uh, plural. So in other words, seed is a collective. It's a noun that is a collective singular. So meaning it is in the same form. It is the same uh, nominal form, whether it's plural or singular. Right. So it's like seed could be seeds. Right. Many. Or it could be a seed, singular, right? Similar to music, right? If I say I'm listening to a song, I can say I'm listening to music. If I listen to a whole album, I can say I'm listening to music, right? All these things. So in other words, people debate. However, for Paul, though, it's almost a yes. If I, th I think if I ask Paul, he would say, hey, w w w would, would humanity crush Satan's head or would Jesus crush Satan's head? And I think he would say yes, Right. Because for Paul, participation is central to his gospel. In other words, union with Christ, being mystically united, being one with the Messiah for, for, for Paul is is means sharing in his rule and his triumph over evil and the powers of darkness and Satan himself. Um, and we do this through the person and work of Jesus in the power of the spirit. And so in other words, we ourselves through Jesus will conquer evil and its ultimate personification in the person and work of satan right so in other words man like at the end of the day like there's this cosmic battle going on that we are actually in the middle of and so god it wants to use us i love i think it's saint augustine who says this. i always quote saint augustine he says um uh we can't do it without god but god won't do it without us and i love what paul finish finishes he finishes with a hymn he says not a hymn was able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept silent long or silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance, hear this, the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles to the only wise God through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever <clears throat> and ever. What is left here is just so many themes that came out throughout the book. He actually uses uh, the uh, what he used at the very beginning, right? This obedience of faith, which which functions as an inclusio, brackets the entire book, right? God saved the nations, right, through His Son, right, and the unfolding of this redemptive plan. This mystery was hidden, but now has been revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of God's righteousness that is from faith to faith. God is so righteous that he sends his righteous son to make a righteous people. This is the gospel. This is what God has done. And may we rejoice and be glad. And let's pray. God, we ask that we would rejoice and be glad in the work and the story and the narrative of the gospel.